you know, probably looking back at the podcast is probably the only reason why I stuck through it was because I kept hearing other people's stories of falling down and, and getting back up. And so I kind of knew that this wasn't going to be the end for me. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is David O. We're talking about a few things today. David escaped the rat race and a pretty big uh, mound of personal debt through real estate investing with the Burr strategy. If you don't know what that is, that's totally fine. We're going to talk about that today. You're going to learn about that. You're going to learn about what he did, a bad investment that he made along the way, and how he got out of that, how he moved past it and got to where he is today. He also helps investors, out-of-state investors, get into real estate investments in his area. He's offering a service for his clients that is really not that common for agents to offer. And I certainly applaud him for that because folks always get the question very frequently about, hey, how can I invest out of state? How can I find an agent, a realtor, who's gonna kind of hook me up and help me through the process? And David does that for his clients. He's offering that service, which is just very uncommon and I think also very much needed. So I certainly applaud him for that. And he's gonna tell you about what he offers his clients as well. If you do enjoy the show, I ask that you take a quick second, go to your favorite podcast app, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit the subscribe button so you'll get all the new episodes delivered straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you do enjoy the show and you're an Apple user, please take a quick second, a really easy way to give back to the show, give back to me. Um, I don't ask much. It just takes you a, a one minute. Go to the Apple Podcast app. Look up the show, give us a five-star rating and a comment if you think this episode deserves five stars. That helps other people learn about the show. It helps us build and get bigger. And I love reading your comments. Every every time one pops up on our Apple Podcasts page makes me feel good. And I certainly appreciate it. Like I said, it helps other people learn about the show. So I certainly very much appreciate that if you would take a minute to give us a rating interview on the Apple Podcasts app. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I love learning new things. I think the Burr strategy is obviously very well proven, very well vetted, and has worked for a lot of folks. And that is what you're going to learn about today. Without any further ado, here we go with our guest, David O. David, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Taylor. I'm excited to talk with you. Well, we've been talking for a little while here. I had to hit record and, and dive into it. For our listeners out there who don't know who you are and don't know, you know what you do, can you tell us a bit about your background? And we'll dive into what we're going to talk about today. Sure, man. So David O'Nanian, everybody calls me David O. Um, I'm a real estate agent and a real estate investor. Nice, nice. And you have a really interesting background of as someone, you know, for our listening audience out there, you came from a busy professional background and broke into the real estate investing space and, you know, built the business that you have now. And you have had some very interested have had some very interesting experiences along the way. Let's break into it. You know, tell us about David, you know, as he's getting into real estate investing, you know, you're a, a software engineer, you were a software engineer and what that experience was like and some of those tough times that you had along the way. Sure, man. Yeah. So like so many of us was raised in a, you know, your average middle-class family here in the Midwest uh, was told to go to school and get a job working for somebody else. 
So never thought anything about it when got my four-year degree in computer science, started working as a software engineer for giant corporation here in St. Louis, Missouri, where I'm from. And, um, you know, went back, got my MBA in the evenings. Uh, my work paid for it just to further my education and, and basically just started climbing the corporate ladder there. Um, so got about five promotions over the course of 10 years. And that's when I finally hit the freaking wall. Um, and that's, that's when I realized I was totally unfulfilled, totally unhappy with what I was doing. I was literally just working for the paycheck. And um, the problem was I was completely trapped. And so I had no idea that you, every time you got a raise, you weren't supposed to go out and buy nicer things because um, that's what everybody around me was doing. Um, so we bought new cars. We bought a bigger house. We bought a lake house. We bought a boat. We bought a wave runner, oh, man. You know, all of these things. And of course, it's all finance and you've got credit cards and student loans. And so the day my paycheck would come in, it was the very next day that literally every dollar of it was spent. So here I am just not happy. And I still remember the day that I was sitting in my cubicle and it was like winter time. And so where I'm from at around four thirty, five o'clock, it's already dark outside. So I had just spent all of the daylight hours of the day sitting in a cubicle and I was getting ready to turn on my fantasy football podcast again when I decided, you know what, maybe there's something about real estate investing on here. And so I searched for it. I found a podcast and that was like the moment where things change. It was in that very small moment where I found an uh, investing podcast like the one we're on now. And, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of episodes later, you know, I was ready to pull the trigger on my first deal. Nice. Do you happen to remember what podcast that was? Yeah. So it was Bigger Pockets. Of course. Classic, you know, classic, the yeah. <laughs> originals. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. I, I want to learn more about how you, you know, got out of that. I, I, I hate to sound um, you know, rude about it, but the hole that you dug for yourself, right? I mean, they say the happiest two days of a boat owner's life is the day they buy it and the day they sell it. And it's a hole in the water <laughs> that you dump money into and all that great stuff. And, and cars, you know, expensive cars aren't always all that different. You know, let's, let's learn about that and how you dug yourself out. Yeah. Well, um, so, I mean, it, it all starts with, I guess, taking the, the leap of faith on my first deal. I still think, and I tell my clients this, that the, the hardest deal that you're ever going to do in real estate is going to be your first one. It just takes a lot of courage to pull the trigger and not quite know for sure if it's going to work or if it's going to fail. In my case, I had listened to all the podcasts and read all the books you could think of, um, but I knew just enough to be dangerous. And I didn't know what I didn't know, basically. So I went into this first deal and it turned into an absolute nightmare. The the repairs were, you know, I bought it off market from a wholesaler um, who listed on Craigslist. And um, the, he said it was going to take about $20,000 to get it rent ready. And so, you know, <laughs> that's I, a reliable I, number. <laughs> yeah. So I smelled something a little fishy there. So I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be safe here and pad this thing. And I'm going to go up to 25. It's going to, you know, it's going to take 25 grand to get this rent ready. Just be safe, conservative. Well, over the course of the next six months, as thing after thing start coming up and problems uncovered, yeah, the repair budget went up to $50,000. And so I was way in over my head on this property. 
used all my own cash to to purchase it, um, which was a huge mistake. And so I had close to six figures saved up in a savings account. And literally at the end of this thing, if one more thing was to go wrong, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. And, um, you know, here my poor wife is just stressed beyond uh, anything that I could imagine because I had convinced her that this was the path to freedom and wealth and all of this stuff. And she's just watching our money just get sucked out of her account. So it was a really rough go. And, you know, probably looking back at the podcast is probably the only reason why I stuck through it was because I kept hearing other people's stories of falling down and, and getting back up. And so I kind of knew that this wasn't going to be the end for me. And um, I kind of leveraged fear. So most people are afraid that they're going to fail on their real estate investing, or most people are going to be afraid they're going to lose money, right? In, in a investing deal. Well, I used fear the other way. I was afraid that I was going to have to go back to my cubicle in that nine to five if I didn't succeed. And so that I was more afraid of that than failing at real estate. So I knew I had to keep going and um, knock on wood since that first deal, I, I have not lost any money on an investment deal since we picked up some speed there. Um, I got a mentor, I got a coach, I got help moving forward to another set of eyes to see the mistakes that can easily be avoided from, from a different perspective. Uh, having a different perspective out there. And so built up a small rental portfolio using the Burr method because now if you don't know what the Burr method is, it's it stands for buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. It's a way to kind of rinse and wash and use that same money, uh, same capital to build a portfolio that grows pretty much exponentially. So built up a a portfolio of about 10 units. And um, once I got to that level, I felt safe enough to, to exit from my corporate job and just kind of snowballed, all, all, you know, didn't really take any cash out of that, out of the rental portfolio, just kind of used it to snowball and grow it. Um, so we're about 15 rental units now. And um, once you learn how to rehab a house, it's it's pretty easy. It's pretty much the same process. And so now we're doing fix and flips um, as well as as buying holds and and built up a nice portfolio um, and used a lot of that income to pay off um, all this debt before I left my uh, my corporate job. So right now the only uh, personal debt I have is on my primary residence. So it's pretty cool to kind of have that freedom, and it's all thanks to to real estate. Nice, that's awesome. Now I haven't. Uh, I think we've talked about Burr on this show before. Now I haven't done one of those deals myself. We've you know refinanced other properties and everything. Refinance is pretty, uh, pretty common. But the Burr strategy itself is pretty, uh, pretty well defined. But to me, kind of from the outside or from the sidelines of that strategy, it seems like it's very active. It seems you know like um, it seems like it's a lot of work. And I, I wonder some ways or some ways that you found to maybe build systems around it or processes or, or whatever you want to define it, teams that you know take some of the hours that you would normally have to spend on it and you know hand that work to somebody else and outsource it and give you some of that time freedom back. Sure. And and so I tell people uh, it, it's active then passive with the bird method because you're 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 actively going out there finding the deal, actively you know renting renovating the project, adding value to it, and then once you've got a rehabbed home um, that's rent ready, you know you have a property manager stick a tenant in it, and now it's passive for you. But the beauty of it is that 
it, you can get something called an, an infinite return, um, which most people don't understand that that's even possible. Most people are trying to invest their money in the stock market and mutual funds and cryptocurrencies, trying to achieve you know this 8% return, 12% return, 20% return. Um, but if you use the Burr method, because you're getting all of your capital back out and putting a 75% loan on the, on the value of the property, it's going to create a scenario where you don't have any cash invested in it. And that property is spitting off cash flow every single month, um, creating an infinite ROI for you. So it's, it's super, super powerful. And so that's one of the reasons why I love it. But we, as a real estate agent, I wanted to completely tune my business to work with investors. And so I started this company called myagentinvestor.com. And basically what we are is an investor-friendly agent for you. So I basically use all the, all the tools that I use in my own investing business to do this. I make it available to the agents and the clients of these agents to use in their own investing business. So all the calculators that I use to you know figure out the cash flow on a rental property or a bird deal, rehab and repairs estimator that I use to figure out exactly how much a rehab is going to cost me going line by line through the house is available to um, clients of my agent investor. We also have video training on how to find deals, how to analyze deals, how to you know work with vendor vendors and contractors, and we give you the templates and contracts to use with them. And then if you want to do your own property management, we have a whole system there where you can use all of our property management templates. Um, so we try to make it as easy as possible for you. Um, there's going to be some active work on your end. We do a lot of work with like out of state clients, so folks that want to invest here in St. Louis um, will use me as an agent and we'll do everything virtual for them. So they can manage this project um, from abroad and not even have to step foot in the house because um, we're doing video tours for them. We've got them hooked up with contractors that I'm, are sending them um, you know, status uh, sasses throughout the week with pictures of the completed work that they're doing and, and stuff like that. Um, so we try to make it as easy as possible. There's going to be some active work if you're getting into uh, an investment that requires uh, a rehab like that, but it's totally worth it um, when you can pull off an infinite return and then be passive the rest of the way. So it's it's kind of like taking the time to build you know an ATM for, machine for yourself that's going to be spitting out money for the rest of your life. That's great. And one of the things that we talked about this before we recorded a little bit is you know from an investor perspective, I don't mean to overly critical or call anybody out. I'm certainly not going to do that. But I've just never been impressed from, again, from an investor perspective with any agent that I've ever worked with. It seems like I end up doing all the work except for actually <laughs> writing the offer, you know, and, and rarely do you receive guidance, you know, in investing or even property condition guidance from a, a realtor who you think, you know, hey, you sell all these properties every year. You should hopefully know something more about construction than I do. If I, you know, I'm buying a few every year, does that get to why you started this business? Because you know, you probably struggled with this when you were first getting started and and getting, you know, investing advice from somebody who's helping you buy a property. It's it's hard to get. Yeah, absolutely, man. So the the truth is, and I hate saying this as an agent, but most agents suck. Um, that's <laughs> the truth. And um, I know this because the first house that I bought, uh, my agent was absolutely terrible. And I had to figure out everything on my own, just like you said. And so 
I ended up getting my real estate license on the side while I was working the engineering job, uh, just so that I could help friends and family avoid the pain of of working with these terrible, um, you know, blood sucking real estate agents that are just looking to make a sale, right? Um, so they're not going to tell you. Most agents aren't going to tell you something about the house that's going to cause you to back out of a contract or um, not write the offer, right? Because they only get paid when the sale closes, and so um, you know, I created all of my systems and my business around, you know, helping advise somebody from an investor perspective on, on the purchase of real estate and especially rental real estate. And so we, we try to look at it from a different lens. Like we're your, basically your financial advisor in the real estate space. And so we want to make sure that you know the numbers before you get in. And especially with all the calculators that we have, we're all looking at the same the same thing. This is how much cash flow you should be getting a month. This is how much the property is going to be worth after we fix it up. This is how much um, rent it's going to pull in, and here's the comps for that. So we we try to expose all that stuff up front before you even make an offer on the property to make sure it's the right one. Nice. This is something that I see. I imagine this market is going to change significantly over yeah, maybe it's hard to put a timeline on that, but maybe the next decade or so in that uh, realtors are going to have to evolve how in how they approach the market because buyers have more access now uh, than you know they ever have there are many sites and many apps online that you can list your property for a lower commission than if you you know went out and found an agent you can go look at properties for less commission than if you, you know, found just a, a typical agent. And it just, it seems like this is going to, the, the winds are blowing in a certain direction. And it's not the same as, you know, before when, you know, we didn't have the Zillow's and the Redfin's and the, you know, realtor.com's and everything out there. This consumer is going to be demanding a different thing. It sounds like you're you're really getting in front of that and and helping that and seeing that evolution coming. Right. Yeah. I don't think we're too far away from a, a, a scenario where you're not going to need a real estate agent to buy a property. Technology is just changing everything in the real estate industry, and you know whether it's Zillow or Redfin or whoever, you're going to be able to go online and and buy your property without using an agent, without doing any of that stuff. So we want to position ourselves in a situation where you want to work with us, not that you have to work with us. So that's the whole thing behind, I think you're going to see um, people flee from Wall Street and all of these financial advisors and come to us because we're going to be advising you to invest in something real, real property. And I don't think there's any investment vehicle in the world um, that can hold a candle to real estate as an investment and I can, I've got a whole top 10 list if you want me to run through that real quick, but I love it. All right, cool. So top 10 reasons to invest in real estate. Number one is it's rentable, right? Um, I can get cash flow every single month. It's mailbox money. The rents show up. You don't have to most of the time do anything for it, um, especially once you've got your property manager in place. Um, that's number one. Number two is that it's leverageable, right? I can go out and buy a property for 20% down, 15% down. I don't need to come up with the whole amount of money like you do when you buy a stock or a mutual fund or some other type of investment like that, right? And number three, it's depreciable, which means there's ton of tax benefits. Most of our clients are able to write off almost all of their rental income. And we do this because we're depreciating the value of the property, right? Every single year. Um, so on paper, you know, IRS lets us do that. 
Um, number four, it's improvable, right? We can add value to a property. We can fix it up and now it's worth more than the cost that we put in to fix it up, which is awesome. And number five, it's appreciable real estate over the long term always appreciates. You know, the average appreciation rate is like 4.45% uh, across the nation over the last 20, 30 years. And number six, it's stable. So it's slow to rise and slow to fall. Many people mistake the, you know, the crash that we had in 08 as, you know, real estate prices crashing. Well, if you looked at the numbers, um, that was the financial markets that crashed, that closed overnight. In fact, real estate started going down um, and from 08 to 2012, four years it took to hit the bottom. And since, you know, 2012, it's been steadily going up. Of course, we're going to have a downturn at some point in the near future, but it, I can guarantee you it's not going to be crashing overnight. Um, you'll have time to readjust and reevaluate um, your investing strategy. Number, let's see, where am I? Three, seven. seven. Um, it's accessible, right? Anybody can buy it. You don't have to have a license to buy real estate. You don't even, I don't even think you have to be a citizen of this country. Number eight, it's real property, right? It's value is never going to go to zero. It's always going to be worth something. Uh, number nine, it's diversifiable. So think, you know, hedging against inflation, hedging against the stock market, all that stuff. It, it's, it's, it's a great alternative investment for a lot of people. And finally, number 10, it's livable. You can live in the property. So those are my top 10 of why real estate is the best investment vehicle. Nice. I like that. And, you know, there are, there are a few things in there that I think are important to point out in the comparison. You can put leverage on stocks. You, you can buy on margin and do things like that. But the risk is massively higher in the stock market. You can buy options, but, you know, unless you pick right, those options are going to expire worthless in whatever amount of time. Whereas your leverage on a rental property could be up to 30 years. And who knows, maybe someday we're going to see even longer mortgage terms on, uh, on investment uh, real estate. And then, you know, regarding the Great Recession, we did see a, a reduction in real estate values, but that's not typical of recessions. Most recessions don't come with a massive crash in real estate prices, no matter, you know, put it whatever time scale on you want it, you know, it takes a few years, whatever. Most of the time, that's not what happens. You know, maybe in some of the very frothy markets like San Francisco, you get bigger corrections, but in more, you know, regular cities like where you live or where I live or many of our listeners, you don't get that massive crash. And I think we we so often expect the next one, quote unquote, to be like or exactly like the last one, again, quote unquote. And history just doesn't doesn't bear that out. That's just not the way history history doesn't repeat itself. It just rhymes. And um I I don't know, can't predict the future. I I don't expect that we'll get such a massive crash in real estate values in my, you know, maybe not even in my lifetime. It just it doesn't historically happen that often. Right. So I yeah. And if you follow some of the smartest and brightest minds out there right now, you know, one that comes to mind is Gary Keller. So if you talk to Gary Keller, he he believes that we've been in a real estate recession since 2019. Wow. Now, the reason the prices haven't gone down is because inflation may never allow the prices to go down in the next real estate downturn. So that's something that I've kind of kept my eye on as well. It's it's very possible that the next downturn or next cycle, the prices continue to climb, uh, which is crazy to think about. 
Yeah, that that cheap money and running the printers is really uh really doing a number, but uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. whole uh, that's a whole can of bees on its own. Great. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, David, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. All right, great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Uh, I like how you put other than your ed- education because that that's uh, definitely... Uh, <laughs> may I make a comment? That yeah, is yeah. specifically due to mutual friend of ours, Matt Faircloth's thoughts on the topic, pointing out that I should take that off the table. And that is why it is taken off the table due to that's Matt awesome. Faircloth. But anyway, please that's great. go on. Yeah, that's that's the the most valuable piece of real estate is the six inches between your head, right? There you or your go. Ears, right. So, but if I could had to take that out of the equation, um, it would be my second deal. So you guys heard about how my first deal went terrible. The second deal completely executed on the Burr method. Um, so bought a single family house. Um, here in St. Louis paid, it was a foreclosure listed on the MLS, uh, bought it for about $65,000, put between six and 7,000 into it, into like paint and carpet and just kind of sprucing it up a bit. After we were done, uh, it uh, appraised for $100,000. And so I took out a mortgage, uh, cash out refinance at 75% of that value. So I got all of my money back, um, all my down payment, all the money I put in for repairs. And now I'm renting this property out for 1050 a month, which, um, you know, mortgage payment on this thing is like four, you know, 450 a month, something like that. So this is cash flowing every single month with, uh, none of my own money into it. And so I really saw on that second deal, the power of this, you know, infinite return that I've been talking about and creating these ATM machines for, for yourself and your family. Um, so, you know, to basically just repeated that blueprint over and over again and, and, uh, was able to get free from my, uh, job and, and all, most of my personal debt. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. We had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Yeah. So we kind of talked about it. It's got to be the first deal. Um, just going into it, not knowing what I was doing and not having any help. So not having, um, you know, I was my own agent basically, but I was my own agent without any investing experience. And so, you know, 91% of real estate agents out there don't invest in real estate. So that means you you better find an agent that's investing in real estate themselves so that they know what to look for. They know the the lingo to speak with you and, and all that stuff. So if I would have had an agent that had some investment experience with me, um, you know, I could have avoided all of the the pain and suffering I went through on my first deal. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's gotta be a pretty bad investment to be a worse investment than a boat. But you did learn some uh, very important lessons out of hey, it too. I, so. I I don't buy my boats new, so I buy them used <laughs> off Craig. So I find you know, can find the deals. Definitely worse than the boat because I got no enjoyment out of this this first house that I that I renovated. That is a good point. The enjoyment from a boat is yes. part of the return. So it's priceless. Right? Yeah, absolutely. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Yeah. Most important lesson has to be uh, begin with the end in mind. And so you can, I mean, this applies to everything. You could take it from like that first deal that, that I did, you know, what am I going to do with this at the end? Like, what's it going to look like? What am I going to have to do to get there? And then from a, you know, take this, 
perspective in your investment business. What, what are you trying to do? For me, I was trying to get out of my corporate job. So I had to work backwards. Okay. What would it take to get out of my corporate job? Well, it'd probably take about $10,000 a month. If I had $10,000 a month coming from some other source, you know, I could leave my job and be free of all this. And so what do I have to do to get there? How many rental properties is that going to take, right? Um, so beginning with the end in mind, having a vision for where you want to go. And once you establish that, um, you know, just believing in it. Um, so you, your belief has to come before any of this is possible. And I, you know, if you were to talk to me three, four years ago, I would have never thought I'd be on a podcast sharing a story about how to invest in real estate. It, it just seems crazy to me. Um, but I had to believe that it was possible to do, you know, even before that first deal. And during that first deal, when things were falling apart and it looked like real estate was terrible, you know, I had to keep telling myself that, that you know, I can do this. I just got to keep going forward. I have to get some help and uh, learn from all these mistakes that you're bound to make uh, if you start doing any new venture. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's interesting how common the $10,000 a month goal is. There are a lot, I'm sure there are a lot of listeners out there who are thinking, yeah, 10 grand a month, I could make it work with, with 10 grand a month. And also kind of how few people um, really put the work in and commit and, you know, again, begin with the end in mind and keep pushing through say that first investment that doesn't go well or, or what have you, and they just keep going and move on to the second one that really that really gets it going and, and starts that fire. So I love it. Well, David, thank you for joining us today. I think it's a you're you're offering a great service to people out there. You know, a big question that comes up on the bigger pockets forums pretty frequently is hey, how can I find an investor friendly agent in another market that can help me get into real estate in that area? It's great that you're offering that in your area. If folks want to reach out and get in touch with you and all the great content and everything you put out there, where can they find you? Yeah. So you can find me at Agent David O on social media, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want, uh, kind of my gift to you guys is a, is basically the seven baby steps to rental income. If you want the seven baby steps to rental income, um, all you have to do is go to our website, myagentinvestor.com slash baby steps. That's myagentinvestor.com slash baby steps. Nice. I love it. I think baby steps are so important and... Uh, again, we we don't talk about enough the value of just putting one foot in front of the other in this business. You know, every day, every chance you can, just taking that next step and and how valuable that is. So, baby steps is a is a great way to uh, to uh, tackle that concept. Well, thanks for joining us once again today, to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated, and it helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great day. We will talk to you on the next one. Be sure to subscribe to the Passive Wealth Strategy Show so you get every new episode Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>